You know, I think we're all familiar with the scenes of Christmas when um, the shepherds are there watching their flocks at night, and uh, we see pictures of that oftentimes. Um, do we have that picture up there? I have a picture for you up there. But it says, while they were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. This Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 also talks about that. Uh, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You know, I've never been a shepherd of sheep. I've never... Never been a rancher, but I've lived on a ranch in Kansas for three years. It was a 250-acre ranch. There was 50 head of cattle. We had three pigs that we were supposed to take care of. And uh, so I knew a little bit about uh, animal husbandry. So you've got to take care. Of it. it's, I gained a great amount of respect for anybody that has to take care of animals all day, all year, 365 days a year, you get no break. You have to take care of those animals. But there's another level of animal husbandry comes when you're a shepherd because those that you're taking care of are so dependent upon you. And that is so true, especially in the first century. When we think about the shepherds that were out watching their flocks at night, now, I always thought, I always gave the shepherds kind of a characteristic of being, uh, you know, poor and uh, kind of uh, not too smart. But I, after I've done some research on shepherding, I want to tell you, these were some of the hardest working, faithful, wise people in the entire community. The shepherds who were watching their flocks were at night watching them, and they say that most shepherds would not entrust anybody else to watch their flocks but themselves because each sheep was so precious to them. And so when I thought about this Christmas story and I thought about God appearing through the angels to the shepherds, I thought, wow, he had a whole purpose in doing that. Even more than that, they were forgotten people but he really valued the shepherd's heart. And I want to look at that today as we look about Christmas, as we think about Christmas. I want to think about a shepherd's heart because the Bible says the Lord is our shepherd. And the Bible is, is exalting in their, and the angels are singing and they're worshiping because something tremendous is about to happen. Remember last week we talked about the lamb that was born in the stable. And uh, the, la- the lion became the lamb. And we even sang about that, the lion and the lamb. But today I want to talk about the shepherd, the good ultimate shepherd being born that Christmas night. And what it means to you and me. And what it challenges us to do as the people of God. So let me pray and ask God to open up our, our, our hearts and our ears today. Father, I pray that you would uh, speak to us today, that you will open up our hearts and our ears so that we can hear what you are saying, and that we can apply it to our lives for your glory and for your honor, we pray in Jesus' name. You know, uh, throughout the scripture, it talks about shepherds that uh, were very famous, but... um, 
one of the greatest and famous shepherds. God, God uh, used many, many different people, and he prepared them, usually taking care of sheep. You think about it. Abraham was a shepherd. You think about it. Jacob was a shepherd. Joseph was a shepherd, right? And his brothers were shepherds. And so there's this whole motif throughout the Bible about great leaders. First of all, they were shepherds. And why was that? Because you learn from taking care of sheep how to take care of people. You learn about what's so important. And it's amazing to think about this, but the Lord himself even proclaims himself to be the shepherd in the Old Testament. The book of Isaiah It says, see the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. So it talks about his power and his strength as something else that shepherds have to have. They have to have physical strength and endurance. But the sovereign Lord has the same. He comes with power and strength. He rules with a mighty arm. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. You see what the Isaiah was proclaiming about God? Was that he is the ultimate shepherd of shepherds. And you know, it's interesting because in the Middle East, everybody, almost everybody owned sheep. Part of it was because if you were a Jew living there, you would have to sacrifice a sheep at Passover. So everybody would take care of sheep, but there were some that were good shepherds and there were some that were bad shepherds. And so the idea of shepherding was something that everybody was familiar with. And so when Isaiah proclaims through the Holy Spirit that God is our shepherd and that he carries us close to his heart, he gently leads those that have young, they knew immediately what they were thinking about. They were thinking about their own sheep that they had taken care of. They were thinking about each one that was born to them, and sometimes you had a little lamb that was born that the mother rejected, and so the, the shepherd had to kind of cover that, uh, that sheep, that young lamb, and give it to another mother and uh, would care for them. It says, when I was doing my research, it said that every shepherd would name every lamb that was born, even if he had 200 And he would remember their name. And it's funny the way that he named them. He named them by some of the characteristics of how they were born. You know, so one came out really fluffy, he named them Fluffy. Or later on, Fluffy started to wander away. Fluffy's name changed to Fluffy the Wanderer. And so they had different ideas and characteristics about each of these sheep, and they knew them by name, and the sheep knew their name. I thought sheep were just so dumb they wouldn't know their name, but they knew their name. So a shepherd could call his sheep. And so God uses this motif of a shepherd and his sheep, and he brings it to light. And he uses this whole idea of taking care of sheep, and he builds leaders through it. Do you know your job that you have, your schoolwork that you are doing, Whatever you're doing in your life, God can use it to prepare you for something in the future that he has for you. And if you're faithful, and if you give it your heart, and you're full of integrity in it, whether it's nursing or teaching or being a faithful student, whatever that is, 
God can use that in your life to empower you for the next thing that he has prepared for you. So if you think about some of the people that were shepherds in the Bible, I named some of them. But there's also uh, Jacob's wife, Rachel. There's Moses' wife, Zipporah. So it was men and women that were all shepherds. And, of course, the great shepherd of all was David. But look at what God says here in Ezekiel. I never saw this verse before, but I was looking at it this week. And it says, For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. Wow, that's powerful. If you think about how God's heart is towards his people, he goes after them. He will do anything to keep them and to draw them to himself. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I'll bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. If you think about what a shepherd does, he protects his sheep, he provides for his sheep, he cares for his sheep, and he guides them. And he does all those things because he's invested in them and they belong to him. Probably one of the greatest shepherds of all, as I mentioned before, was David. And this is what it says about David in Psalm 78, 70. 72, he chose David his servant. He took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep, and he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with what? Integrity of heart and skillful hands he led them. There's another thing, another quality about shepherds. They have integrity. They do things when nobody else is watching them. You know, that's what integrity is, is who you are when nobody else is looking. That's really who your character is. But these guys were faithful, these men and women were faithful to take care of their sheep day and night. And so it's no wonder that the angels appeared to the shepherds at night while they're watching their flocks, and God has a special message for them. You're not forgotten. Integrity of heart. And with skillful hands, he led them. You think about David. There was something about David that was unique. And remember when he was about to fight Goliath, what did he say to uh, King Saul? King Saul says, look, you're only a little boy. How could you uh, fight, a, fight a giant? And what does David says? He says, I already killed a lion and a bear. And when, the, when they came to attack the sheep, I ran after that lion. I took the sheep out of, I, I hit the lion, took the sheep out of his mouth. This is like a David had courage, skillful hands, and you think about how he used to sing, uh, sling that uh, slingshot, right? Swing that slingshot. Yeah, he was skillful. And do you know that God prepared David for what he was going to do, taking care of sheep in the sheep pens? There's a book that I just was starting to read. It's by Tim Laniak. It's called, uh, While Shepherd Watched Their Flocks at Night. And he says this about uh, shepherds. Naming is a powerful, tangible expression 
of the shepherd's intimate bond that begins at birth and grows through an animal's tenure with a flock. He might name one fluffy but another stubborn or another wanderer. In the practice of animal husbandry, responsible shepherds know every member of their flocks in terms of their birth circumstances, the history of health, eating habits, and other idiosyncrasies. One of the most striking characteristics of a shepherd-flock relationship is that control over the flocks is exercised simply by the sound of a shepherd's voice or a whistle. This provides a rich depiction of Jesus' words in John 10.27 when he says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. You know, there's a story in the Middle East that I heard told. I think I shared it at um, our retreat this past September. But it really struck me. They were having a war in the Middle East, and uh, thousands of sheep were scattered. And so what the soldiers did is they gathered all the sheep, and they put them into a large sheep pen. There was thousands of sheep. And so this son and his mother come to the soldier who is guarding all these sheep and has them in this big sheep pen. I guess they had a corral or something for them all. And he says, I lost 70 of my sheep. And I'd like to come and get them. I think they're in there. And the soldier said, are you kidding me? How are you going to find 70 of your sheep in here? There's thousands here. And he goes, well, I think I could call them and they'll come to me. And so all he does is he blows a whistle. And he has this whistle and he blows this little tune. And then all of the sheep that hear that sound, they, their ears pick up, perk up. And they come walking towards that boy at that place of the fence. And then he leads them out. He knows each of them by name and he gets all 70 to come with him. It's amazing that this shepherd boy understood each of his sheep and the sheep understood him. You know, it's the same way in our relationship with God. God wants to be our shepherd. We're his sheep. We should know his voice be able to hear what he's saying, and then be able to follow him. And that's throughout the scripture. God is challenging his people, be my sheep, I'll be the shepherd, you'll be the sheep of my hand, and I'll take care of you, I'll tend you, I'll protect you, I'll provide for you, I'll guide you, I'll even heal you. One of the things a shepherd does is that he can tell immediately when one of his sheep is sick. And so they have different ways about healing them. Sometimes they'll put oil or balm on their soreness when they've they've gotten a sore, where they've got caught in a thorn bush or something like that. And they come and they take and they, they know exactly what to do and how to heal them and help them. God knows that about us too. This fellow, Tim Laniak, actually took a year off and wrote in a wrote his doctorate on shepherding but he applied it to shepherding God's people. And so what he did is he wrote this book, and one of the things that he did was he actually went into Bedouin camps, and while he was there, they would tell stories, and the stories that they would tell were the stories of how they spent all night searching for a sheep and finally found it and brought it back. In fact, while he was there one day, uh, the shepherd had his two sons. His two sons came back and they had lost two sheep. So he sent them out that night. Uh, They had been out already for two days and they hadn't come back yet. Meanwhile, the sheep had wandered back in to the camp 
and where his father was staying. But the father said this, I didn't run and get my sons when they lost the sheep. I let them stay out there for three days looking for them. And Tim said, why did you do that? They came back like the next day. He goes, because I had to teach them how valuable sheep are and how much a shepherd, a good shepherd, will go after his lost sheep. Doesn't that remind you of a story that Jesus told? Right? It talks about that, right, in Luke chapter 15, verse 4. It says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep, loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. What was Jesus saying? He was saying that my people whom I have called, and if you're going to be a uh, follower of, of mine, you would go after the lost sheep. You would go after the one, the broken relationships and try to mend them. You would go after the people that have strayed away. And you would go and find them and bring them back. Or you would go after the one that has never yet made a commitment to me as the good shepherd. And so Jesus would challenge his followers and he challenges you and I to look around us at people and see them as sheep in need of caring and love. And that's an amazing way of looking at life if we would really truly look at it that way. Because there's some people that are going to be in our midst that are going to be broken and hurting and need a word of encouragement or need an invite to come to church or need someone to share with them that God loves them. We just heard about the terrible tragedy of an eighth grader taking his own life. There's something in that story that resonates with all of us. And whenever anybody ever commits suicide, we always think, what could I have done? What could I have said to that person? What could, if I knew that person, what could I have said? Why didn't I see it? And what I'm telling you is that Jesus sees it, but a lot of times he wants his people as the under-shepherds to go out and reach out to people like that and help them. I'm not saying that we can prevent every suicide, but we can definitely be involved in caring and loving people the way that God wants us to. And I just, you know, I just want to encourage people, if you're here today, you've ever had the thought of suicide, that is a lie from the pit of hell to take your life. Because that would be the answer to a problem. No, that's not the answer. The answer is to come back to the shepherd, to have a relationship with the living God, and to find him to be your Savior and your Lord. This is what Jesus said. He said, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking about this, again, this idea of being a good shepherd. And a shepherd would stand at a cave 
and he would sometimes put his sheep in the, in the cave for the night, and then he'd sit down at the opening of the cave and just sit there, and he would be the gate for the sheep. He wouldn't allow any wolves or animals or tigers or bears to enter into that cave, and he wouldn't allow the sheep to escape and to wander off during the night. And so it's a picture of Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd, I am the gate for the sheep, and I am the one who loves you and cares for you. You know, throughout the Bible, it continues to talk about Jesus being our good shepherd. And the greatest act of love that a shepherd can do is actually being able to rescue a sheep or to be even put his life at risk rescuing them. So a lot of times in the Middle East, you'll have flash floods. Uh, uh, you know, like there'll be a, a river of water come through over a rain and a sheep would be carried off. A shepherd would jump in that and rescue that sheep. That's how much they care about each, each one. Peter, who was a great fisherman, became a shepherd of people. So it doesn't, doesn't mean that you have to grow up as a shepherd to be a, a good shepherd. Peter was called into being uh, Christ's leader and shepherd leader. And this is what he says. He learned it from Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin, live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And so there's this idea that God calls us back to himself. He wants us to follow him. And that's what Peter did. You remember in John chapter 21 when Peter is there and he's denied Christ already three times, but in John chapter 21, Jesus is cooking some fish on the shore. The disciples are fishing out in a boat and then Peter recognizes it's you know, hey, have you caught anything? Throw your nets on the other side. They do it, and they catch a big bunch of fish, and they bring them back, and then Peter says, that's Jesus. And he jumps out of the boat, and he goes swimming to him. And so then they have breakfast together, and they're sitting there. And then Jesus starts this conversation with Peter. And three times, Peter denied the Lord three times before the rooster crowed, and Jesus asked him three questions. And you know what the questions are. They're all questions about, Peter, do you love me? And he says, Lord, of course I love you. Then what does he say? He says, feed my lambs. He said, Peter, do you love me? He goes, of course I love you, Lord. Why are you asking me again? He says, then take care of my sheep. And then he said, and Peter says again, Jesus says, do you love me? Of course, Lord, you know all things. Third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep again. And so what Jesus was saying was, this is such an important principle. Peter, I'm pulling you back into relationship with me. You are forgiven. But now what I want you to do is I want you to be involved in taking care of other people, my sheep, encouraging them to follow me. And if they've blown it, 
And if they've wandered away, just like you did, I want you to bring them back, just like I brought you back. You know the last thing that Jesus said to Peter? He said, follow me. He said, Peter, it doesn't matter what that disciple does or that disciple's. You, you have to follow me. And I always love that story, but it always speaks to me about the character of God as a shepherd leader and how he challenges us to do the same and be shepherd leaders. So we come back to our story in uh, Luke chapter uh, 2, 9 through 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And so the shepherds hear this word from God. And then what do they do? And I want, to, want you to see that they were faithful to what God had spoken, right? So after the angels sing and they have this experience, it says that they went and when the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see, this, see what has happened, which the Lord had told us about. So they go and leave and they follow this revelation. I know for sure they took care of their sheep. I don't know what they did. They probably had some other people in the family that took care of them. But they went and they went and saw. There was a greater, greater revelation for them to follow. They followed Jesus. They followed and they wanted to see the true shepherd of Israel. Question I have for you today. Have you found Jesus Christ to be the shepherd of your soul? Have you found him to be the one that you can look to? You know, when things are going difficult for me, one of the things that I try to remember, I said, Lord, you're the shepherd. Lead me. When I'm sick, I'll say, Lord, you're my shepherd. You're the one that can heal me. When I need direction in my life, I said, Lord, you're the shepherd. Would you lead me? Would you lead me in this? Guide me? Lead me? And if I develop this relationship like with a heavenly father or with a shepherd, it gives, it gives me an assurance that God is still in control. So what I want you to do is, there is a famous passage in the scripture. Anybody know what it is about shepherds? Very famous psalm. Psalm 23, right? Why don't we all stand up? I'm going to have the worship team come forward now and they're going to get ready to lead us in worship. But I just want to... <coughs> I want us to read this together, but I want us to personalize it for our own lives. Okay? You know, we can read it. The Lord is my shepherd. Blah, 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 blah. You know, but if we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What a, what a great statement David had that God was in charge of his life so much so that he knew he wouldn't even have any wants or needs because God was going to meet them. If you're thinking about your future, you're thinking about situations that you're going through right now, 
Make this your proclamation today. Pray this. Pray through it this week. I encourage you to do that. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What are some action steps for this message? First of all, make sure you receive Jesus Christ as your shepherd, leader, and rejoice in that. If you've done that, rejoice in that relationship that you have with the shepherd of your soul. God guides you and will be with you. He'll comfort you. Trust Him for protection, provision, and guidance daily. And learn how to be a good shepherd leader to those under your care. Do you know that every person here is a leader? You're a leader in something. You might be a bigger brother to a younger one. You're still their leader. You're influential in their lives. You may be on the job and you may be leading some people. You may be in your family as a husband or mother. You're a leader. Learn how to be a good shepherd leader to those under your care. God, teach me how to be that. Let's pray. Father God, we just ask that you will teach us. Teach us how to be shepherd leaders that will care for the lost, that will care for those under our care that you've given us to influence, Lord. So we ask, Lord, that you'll speak to us, draw us closer to you. And Lord, help us to remember that you are a God who has gone after us. You knocked down walls and doors. You climbed over mountains of misery and junk in our lives to reach us. And Lord, you are the great shepherd. You're the one that goes after and seeks the loss, and you did that to us. And you're teaching us to be involved in a rescue operation as well for others. So Lord, would you renew us again about that calling to be shepherd leaders, to be people that care about those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name.